Do you want your business to grow faster? Are you open to new and out-of-the-box ways to drive revenues and increase value? How do you imagine the most successful entrepreneurs and business leaders double, triple, or expand their businesses tenfold or more? The answer is deals. This is a weekly podcast featuring conversations with business owners, executives, and leaders as we reveal behind-the-scenes details that give you, our listeners, the confidence to pursue your own deal-driven growth. On the show, we discuss a huge variety of deals, everything from large complex mergers and acquisitions to smaller deals that you can do even without significant capital. My name is Corey Kupfer, and I've been supporting deal-driven growth for businesses for 35 years as a successful entrepreneur, professional negotiator, and attorney. My goal is to help you strategize, plan for, find, and complete deals that will help your company grow faster. Welcome to the Deal Quest Podcast. Let's get started. Robert Raymond Riopelle is an international best-selling author, app designer, entrepreneur, and trainer who spent 18 plus years traveling around the world sharing his passion. He has also shared the stage with and trained with many of the top trainers and thought leaders around the world today. With his high energy, heartfelt style, Robert draws on his journey from humble beginnings to financial freedom at the age of 32. That's pretty impressive. Uh, to inspire individuals into tapping into their greatness. Realizing that he is not the only person that struggles, Robert's clues open individuals up to the possibilities that lie within them, and that is why he is a highly sought-after presenter. Robert Riabel, thank you for being on the DealQuest podcast, and welcome. Yeah, thanks, Corey. You know, glad to be here, or should I say back, but here, because, you know, times two, let's, we're ready to rock and roll and have fun. Yeah, I love it. Listen, so we... Uh, we, we, we attempted to, to record this once before, but up in Canada, there were some storms going on that were affecting the internet. So now the, you know, Mother Nature seems to be cooperating. So I think we're going to get this one laid down. So that's awesome. So Robert, listen, I mean, obviously your bio is impressive. It's exciting. We're going to talk about your, your deal experience as well. Uh, but before we get into all that stuff and delve into what's happening now and, and, and your, you know, sort of your journey, I want to take you back to when you were 8, 10, 12 years old, maybe as a kid. Growing up, what did you want to be? Because my guess is a speaker and trainer and somebody who's done the deals you're going to talk about might not have been on the agenda when you were that young, but you tell me, maybe I'm wrong. Now, you know, back then I was all over the place. Everything time, it was something different every day. One day I could be a truck driver, then I'm a doctor, then a lawyer, then an astronaut. Because my parents actually, they had said, Robert, you can do anything that you choose to put your mind to. Yep. And that's what they kept telling me. But what they were modeling on the other side was something completely different. Mm. Uh, you know, to support our family, we moved around a lot. Yeah, I, in my beginning, in my young years, I never spent more than six months to a year in any one school wow. because of the fact that, you know, for keeping the family supported, it was like, okay, we got to move. Dad and mom got another job. We got to move. And we'd move primarily for dad's work. Then mom would find some, one or two jobs to support at the same time. And so I was being told one thing. So I was, I was a dreamer. I could do anything then watching reality, it was like, or maybe not. And right. what was really ingrained in us was you find work that's stable and supports your family, even if you don't like it, that's what you do. Yeah, it's really fascinating because, uh, you know, I think, uh, yeah, as kids, I mean, it's great to tell them stuff, right? But we like, they're, they observe, right? You know, they're sponges and they see, and you know, what we're modeling, you know, really makes more of a difference than, than what we're saying. And, the, you know, I was just, uh, Talking to somebody about this, I'm trying to remember who, but uh, we were talking about sort of growing up, you know, as um, not poor, but lower middle class, you know, 
kids where it was paycheck to paycheck, you know, and the visual I have is my father cashing his paycheck back in the days when you used to cash it and literally <laughs> dividing money up into envelopes that said rent, electric, food, whatever. And, you know, when that cash ran out, as it, you know, as it did sometimes, that was it for the week, you know, and, uh, and again, I don't want to, you know, we were never poor, we we're never starving, there's always food on the table, but, you know, there weren't any kind of luxuries, travel, going out to eat, you know, expensive gas stuff, you know, none of that stuff. So, yeah, so it's interesting how that, you know, affects. So, so you go from that to somebody who, you know, got financial freedom at age 32. So I want to explore that journey. But be, before we do, one last question, looking back, what was your first deal of any type you can think of? It could have been something small when you were a kid or earlier, you know, just whatever oh. comes to mind. Yeah, you know, I've always been a young entrepreneur. So probably my first deal was convincing my parents to let me have a paper route. Uh, and, you know, and, you know, a few years later, they actually had to pay money to get me out of it because I was collecting so far in advance because I wanted to play video games and have milkshakes every day. Because in our family, if you wanted money, you had to go out and earn it yourself. Yeah. And, you know, always being that entrepreneur, I realized, hey, I could go out and I could tell, you know, my customers, let me collect two months in advance so that, you know, your paper's taken care of. And until and <laughs> it cost my parents a whole $96 to buy me out of my paper out, because back then I think the monthly paper was two dollars and 50 cents for the month so 96 dollars. i was quite a bit in the hole that's <laughs> oh, funny no. so you you forced your parents into a deal that uh, that? Uh, yeah all right so let's 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 get up to the present now let's talk about we're going to go back and talk about some of the deals in your journey here but you know I, we, we gave a quick thing in your bio but just give us you know another minute or two a couple of minutes on you know what you do now who you serve uh and you know who kind of your you know your clients are who, who do you who do you impact most yeah, you know, my absolute passion is, is I love training people who have a message on how to deliver it in an authentic, present way. So I love training trainers because that's what I do now. You know, I've been traveling for the last 20 years around the world. On average, last, well, BC before COVID, for the last 10 years, I've been traveling on average 200,000 miles a year doing live trainings, anywhere from three days to five days long anywhere from 100 to 6,000 students in an audience. And I'm on stage up to 12 hours a day wow. and doing what I absolutely love, impacting lives. You know, now I do that virtually for the most of the times. Like you, I've built out a studio where I've actually got a Zoom room where I can do multiple cameras, video walls, so I can see two to 300 students. And what's kind of cool about that, Corey, is because of that, I can do a training and have nine, 10, 15 different countries represented on the training and I'm at home. <laughs> there we go. Love it. The new world, the positives of, you know, of shift in, uh, you know, that, that, that COVID has caused. Um, okay. So uh, we're, we're going to get back to talk, uh, you know, some more about that and who you work with. But I, I do, you know, this is a deals podcast and uh, and there is some deal tie-ins that you, you, you definitely have. And one of them uh, has something to do with pizza, right? It does. <laughs> you know, being that young entrepreneur and here I was, I was doing what I was modeling my parents, I was working hard at staying loyal, but also in 21 years of age, I'm being laid off from the third major company I'd worked for. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm a newlywed, I wanna support my family. But at the time, our economy in Alberta, here in Canada, where I live, it was down the drains and I couldn't find that real job, what I perceived as a real job. So to support my family, I decided to do something and I started delivering pizzas for Domino's Pizza. And because of my work ethic, I soon became a manager Yep. My wife joined me as an assistant manager and we started doing what we knew to do. We worked hard. We started working actually open to close seven days a week because we know how to do that and work hard. And we're a year and a half in, 
We're now qualified to be franchisees. And I don't know, Corey, how much you know about the Domino's Pizza franchise. You cannot just buy a store. You can't just come in off the street and say, hey, I've got a bunch of money. I want to buy a store. Mm -hmm. You actually have to successfully manage a store for at least a year, meet a bunch of criteria. And if you do, they waive the upfront franchise fee, but you still have to have the money to buy or build a store. Sure. So we're a year and a half into managing. We're qualified now. When all of a sudden we get the news from my franchisee that he's decided he wants out of Domino's Pizza and he's selling his two stores. I panic because I knew that when stores are sold, the managers were replaced right away because the new owners brought their own team in. Right. And so I said to my wife, we need to start asking the other franchisees in the city who needs new management team because we're both about to lose our jobs. And my wife looks at me and she goes, why would we do that? We're qualified to be franchisees. Why don't we just buy this store? And I looked at her like she was insane. And I'm like, because we don't have any money. That's why we don't buy the store. Like, hello. <laughs> but I'll tell you, Corey, my wife, who is the youngest of five, raised by a single mother, her mother taught her kids, you do not give up, you find a way. Wow. And so we started looking, how could you buy a, a store if you have no money? And we made a lot of mistakes. But took about five months. And all of a sudden, we were able to actually get 100% financing, not just for the store we were in, but the bank gave us the financing for both the stores he had for sale, and we became franchisees. Now, I can even give you the backstory of how that we were able to make that work. Yeah, no, no, I'd love to hear it. I mean, so let, let's set some context so for people that don't understand the franchise world, right? So yeah, so sometimes there's a, a fee that has to be paid to the franchisor, right? Which you're saying, in this case, would have been waived. But then also, right, there's buying the stores. There's, I mean, in this case, these were existing stores. So you didn't have to build them out like you would if they were new. Um, but, you know, but you still have, and then you need working capital, right? And, you know, yep. so there's still a significant amount of money. So how much money are we talking about here that you needed for, uh, for, well, for this, this deal? Yeah, and this is back in 1992 is when we bought the stores. Not to date myself, but hey, you were already talking about when you cash checks. I remember those days. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we both kind of dated ourselves there. And the stores actually, um, what had happened is he had started off wanting about $100,000 per store. Yep. And while we were the management, one of the, he wanted out so bad that we entered into a management agreement with him saying that basically, hey, we'll run the stores. We'll be responsible for any losses or profits until right. you find a buyer. Okay. And we wanted to buy the stores, but we didn't have the money to do it. But being having the management agreement, we were actually took over operations and it was like we were owning the store, but we didn't have the have paid for it up front. And we're doing this, and the mistakes we were making was teaching us a lot of what to say and what not to say. And at the same time, he was dealing with someone else who was a pro at really negotiating. And he knew he was in a bad place, he knew he was desperate, and he wanted him down. And he ended up negotiating the stores down to $90,000 for both. Wow. For both. And at that point, he found out that he was kind of being played because our corporate head office, basically, who was about to take over the franchise rights for all of Canada, he was a major player, this other guy. And so he was basically went storming in their office and said, you guys are screwing me around. Here comes my lawyer. You know, and they said, well, what do you want to do? And they said, well, I've been wanting to sell to Robert and Roxanne. You haven't been letting me. So I want to sell to them because they're ready to buy. And they said, well, then you have to honor the last price you accepted, which was the 90 grand. And he's like, fine. So he comes to us and he says, 90,000, both stores are yours. 
Well, when we, by this time, because we'd gone through a lot of mistakes of what not to say, we now knew that, A, here's one of the biggest ones, Corey, that we were doing. We want to buy these businesses. And people go, what do you mean by the business? And we didn't know that you don't want to buy a business because you could take on all the liability. We learned to start saying, we want to buy the assets. Assets. Yep. We're going to start our own you know, corporation. So when we went to our branch, our bank, because we had stayed away from them, and we couldn't even get a message or get an appointment. Because back then, to see the branch um, business manager, forget about it. You had to know someone who knew someone. <laughs> but this is also where we did learn at a young age, you make great relationships with your bank. Yes. The actual branch manager loved my wife and I. She'd helped us buy our first home. And we were in her office. We're frustrated. We're at the head of this now where we got to come up with money. And you know we've been turned down and, and spent money that we didn't have for people who promised loans. And she's like, what's going on? And so we explained the situation. She goes, well, have you talked to Brent? And we're like, we can't even get a, a meeting with him. And she said, come with me. She literally stood up, took us by the hand, walked us across the branch. We're 23 years of age at this time. Wow. She knocks on his door, says, Brent, this is Robert and Roxanne Riopel. They're two amazing kids that work hard. They want to buy their Domino's pizza store, take care of them. And it was Love like... It. Yeah. And so when we sat down and he started asking the questions, he said, well, do you have a list of the assets? And we had all that stuff together and there was enough assets for them to say, we can fund the whole two stores because you have enough, enough assets to secure it. So all of a sudden they gave us hundred percent financing. Now, of course, we still had to have the, now the money for the turnover of stock that was on hand the day of the actual turnover and all that. Sure. But well, because we've been running the store for like five months, we actually had that money in the bank. Yeah. We'd actually run it lean. So we knew we had the money there. So we ended up getting the stores and costing us no money of our own. Wow. Wow. That's phenomenal. So how, how long did you, uh, what's the rest of the journey on that? So how long did you run those stores? <laughs> when did you, you know? Well, we, we were franchisees for a total of nine years. Uh -huh. um, after three years, we sold off one of the stores because um, our business partner who was a silent partner that ran the one store. We were, we were silent partners in it. Um, he did not know how to run a store and we paid his bills for three years. So we finally split the corporation and then we ended up taking another store out of bankruptcy. Okay. Oh, and that's a whole nother deal story, dude. That'll blow you away. You thought the good first one was good? Nah. And um, so, but we started making good money and we started spending more money than we were earning. And at the eight year mark, we were actually over $150,000 in debt personally and going down quick. And that's when we knew we had to change our lives around and we knew we were done with Domino's. And we ended up, took about a year to fully get out of Domino's. Um, and that's a whole lifetime ago already. 20 years ago, we sold our last store. Wow. All right. So now let's continue on the journey on how you got to where you are now. And like what, what you know, those lessons from those deals and that experience and how they carried forward into maybe what you're doing now. Yeah, well, what basically now I get to teach people business is one of the things I teach on the stage because I've made a lot of mistakes. Yeah, let, let's be clear. It's not because I was great at business or perfect at it. I made a lot of mistakes, but I learned. And so when we were so financially stressed out, we were introduced to personal development for the first time. Yeah. And we ended up going through to a three-day training that taught us why we we're in debt. But more importantly, it taught us to take responsibility for that debt. Mm -hmm. quit blaming others. And boy, was I good at blaming other people and playing the victim. And then it gave us some practical skills. And so when we put those actually into practice, that's when we were able to go from being over the 150,000 in debt to actually retired nine months later after the training, financially free at the age of 32. And our lives went, 
wow, if this little information gave us that result, what would more learning do? And we became avid students where I knew I wanted to be a trainer. I didn't know how or what it was going to take, but I knew I wanted to be a trainer because my whole dream started like this, Corey. If I can even help one person, one person do what my wife and I had accomplished, going from deep in debt to financial freedom, it'd make it all worthwhile. And because of those steps, today I've now personally taught half a million people and done over $100 million in sales from the stage. Wow. So listen, I, I know that there are some people even seemingly successful entrepreneurs. And listen, I, I, I had that journey early on in my career as well. I had a couple of points where I was significantly in debt. One was when I started my own law firm from nothing and had no clients and, uh, you know, and, and was paying my rent on credit cards. And then, you know, even years later, when we hit the uh, financial crisis in 2008, 9, 10, I got crushed because I was a corporate deal lawyer. A lot of my clients, you know, had, weren't doing well. I was getting paid. Yeah. No deals going on, no money. And we had just expanded and invested a bunch of money in a new office, like at the worst timing and whatever. So, you know, so, I, so I've been there and, I, I, and I've done a lot of my own personal growth work and work in relationship to money and, and similarly come to a very, you know, different place. But, you know, what was it that had you uh, very early stage turn around from being in debt to becoming financially free so quickly? Uh, first of all, was learning to quit trying to keep up with the Joneses. Yep. We all the instant gratification that we wanted, all the toys that we had that we didn't need. Sure, we wanted them, but we didn't need them. And we had all the expenses with them. So it was being willing to take that hard look at our life and say, what don't we need right now? That if we were to sell it off and get rid of the expense, lighten our debt load, it would be easier to create passive income that allows us to have that financial freedom. And so it's making being willing to make tough decisions. Yeah. Yeah, no, I love that. And, you know, and I, it, what's interesting to me is, and I'd be curious to see your view on this, but, you know, what I found is, yeah, sure, we did the same thing, you know, tightening belts at that time and making clear decisions of what's important. You know, and now, now, you know, I mean, for many years now, you know, we, we're in a place where we do spend money on uh, on things, but it comes from a very different place, right? Yes. And it, it's not like, yeah, I mean, you know, we live in a very nice place here on the marina in Southern California, another place on the, you know, on the other coast. Uh, you know, I, I tend to fr- fly in the front of the plane, all this stuff. I'm not saying this to brag. I do this for reasons because of supportive environment. And like when I, you know, you know, when you travel that much, it makes a big difference that you get there uh, rested and ready to perform, yeah. right? You know, then being <laughs> stuff. But the point is that, um, you know, I know for me, I'm making these decisions from a very, very different place and only knowing that I am in good financial shape, you know, like that I can well afford to do these things. It's not because it's come from any external and, and it's still made in a very, just from a very different place than I used to. So I'll leave it there for me because I, I really want to hear from you. Like, uh, I'm, you know, I'm sure your lifestyle has expanded since, since those days, right? But, <laughs> oh, but yeah. you know. Well, and, and you, you're hitting it right on the head here. That's, that's the actual key is, is sure, we're in a place where we love the lifestyle we have and we'd like to have some more toys but we have a different mind space now. And I'll use the boat as an example. When we had our house on, um, in a resort community, and because we were on the lake, and I say we had our house on the lake, it was actually a mobile home in a mobile home park on an Indian reservation, but we were on the lake. Yes. And so we had to have a boat. And our busy season for that store was boating season. So this gorgeous boat sat in the driveway, <laughs> right. not being used, but we had all the expenses. And when we sold it, we realized that, you know, Today is much cheaper for how much we actually use a boat. It's much cheaper to rent the boat that we need for the time we need it with and get a brand new boat 
than trying to have one that's only specifically used for certain things that we're having to pay all the maintenance on. Right. And so we take hard looks at that now. And my wife and I were just having a conversation yesterday because one of our investments, you know, that hey, it was a 14 year investment that was supposed to be good in two years that everybody, they had wrote it off. They had wrote off this investment, but all of a sudden 14 years later, the guy who had stayed so tenacious on wanting to honor his word that all of a sudden we're getting the investment back plus a profit. And so it's like our minds went to, hey, what toys? And so we said, we'd love to have this side by side for our acreage, but is it something we really do need right now? Is our quad serving the purpose that we already have? Yeah, it plows our driveway, it does this. And so it's like, yeah, you know what? We don't need to buy one right now. And so we're more cognizant and more conscious of those decisions we're making. Yeah, love it, love it. Let's take a break from the show for a minute so I can invite you to a new way to determine your deal readiness. I created a fast and easy assessment that will determine exactly how deal ready you are. Once you complete the assessment, I use your responses to identify the obstacles that are holding you back from being a deal-driven growth genius. It's as easy as heading to coreycupfer.com slash assessment. That's coreycupfer.com slash assessment and filling out a few multiple choice questions. I'll be checking in after the episode to see what your results are. Now back to the show. All right. So then, you know, things continue to evolve. And how did you get into the training uh, field, ending up, uh, you know, traveling and doing 200,000 miles a year uh, eventually? <laughs> well, anything I've ever done, I just jump in wherever I can if it's something I want to learn. Yeah. Domino's Pizza, I started as a driver, right? And so when also we create financial freedom and my wife and I now don't have to work, I'm a procrastinator and I'm very aware of that. And I used to beat myself up over it. But then I realized if I create the environment that doesn't allow me the space to procrastinate. So my wife and I, we decided to, where's the best environment? And it's in this training arena, being around this kind of personal growth. So we actually started volunteering at every event that our mentor put on. And we were living in our RV at the time. So we had the space at our own expense to travel and be at all these events, which A, we were able to give back because we had received so much. B, because we are now constantly in this energy, 38 events a year we were volunteering at, Corey. Wow. So we couldn't help but stay in this energy of upbeat people, meeting great contacts, learning new business, making great joint ventures that we just kept growing. And that's when I found my passion. It was like, because I had taken a course on how to be a trainer and I just kept practicing and practicing. And one day my mentor, we were out of camp that he was running. You, you, you want to share who, who, who he is? Yeah, have you ever heard of T. Harvecker and Secrets of the Millionaire Mind? A hundred percent. I've done his work. I was his very first protege, the very uh-huh. first person to ever teach one of his trainings other than him. Yeah. And so we were at a camp in 2002, and all of a sudden he looked at me and said, Robert, get my vehicle. And I said, yeah, what's up? And I was his assistant. I was his, um, not on stage. He didn't use anybody on stage. I yeah. was his assistant getting his meals and all that. And he said, are you ready? And I'm like, am I ready for what? He goes, I need someone to take over at the end of the night tonight for five minutes and just wrap the night up, give some instructions, send everybody to bed. Do you think you can do that? On the inside, I'm like, I don't know. But on the outside, I'm going, yep, I can do that. And this is why I say, Corey, that it's amazing how five minutes can change your life. Because from that five minutes, all of a sudden I became his first assistant trainer. I became his first lead trainer. I started training all the trainers they use around the world. And years later, when we're sitting down having dinner one time, he said, do you know why I put you on stage for the very first time? And I said, no, I have no idea. 
He said, because I could not ignore you anymore. Mm. He said, you and Roxanne were always volunteering and being so present of, and of service. He says, we were at a break during the camp. I was trying to talk to a student. You were running one of the meetings off to the side. He said, and I could not pay attention to the person I was talking to because your presence and your energy was so powerful. I just kept getting distracted by you. And in that moment, because he was writing a new course at the time, he needed space to be able to write it. He said, in that moment, I made the decision. I'm putting you on stage. And that changed my world and changed his world because he was the only one ever training. So we were limited to Canada at that time. And the moment I broke the mold, we exploded across um, the US as well. And then next thing you know, him and I opened Asia in 2007. We went to Singapore, 6,000 students did six and a half million dollars in sales that weekend. And now we're all over the world. Well, I'll tell you something interesting. And this, it just hit me because um, from the time that we connected and we had our pre-call and then, you know, we try to record this one once before, the name has been familiar to me. Like Robert Riefeld, Robert Riefeld, like something has been familiar to me. So I'm going to, so we did, uh, my wife and I did the Millionaire Mind Intensive in Los Angeles. Um, I'm trying to remember the year, but I, what I do remember is that after that, Harv did the first one he ever did in New York. Okay. Yes. So it was like in six Brooklyn. months before whenever the first one was in New York or something like that. We did it in Los Angeles, which was pretty early. I think when he was in the States, we enrolled like 48 people into uh, 42 people, something like that into the New York one, my wife and I alone. Okay. The millionaire mind intensive. And then we, we went on, I mean, I did uh, wizard. I did ultimate warrior camp. I did wizard. I did the one he did after that, that integrated the two of them. I did, there was a business one. Uh, what was it called again? Gorilla uh, business intensive. Yeah, yeah, Guerrilla Business Intensive did yep. that one. And in fact, you know, I, uh, you know, I'm actually, there's a funny thing to talk about on a podcast because it's, it's just something, there, there, was, there were two guys who taught something about systems and processes at, at that course. And, you know, I, I don't have my notes from it, but those guys, they, you know how you have something that lasts with you sometimes from some of these things? And I've always wanted to credit them because I, I can't even tell you how many people I've talked to about this. And I didn't remember, who, I still don't remember who they are, but um, they talked about the fact that, when you have a repeated uh, frustration in your business, the question you should ask is what fully implemented system do I not have in place mm. that would resolve this? Okay. Yep. And that is a question that I have, you know, that's something I've used, like, as opposed to like, why does that person keep screwing that up? Or why does whatever, why can't we figure this out? The question of what fully implemented system do I not have in place in my business that would resolve this has been such a, you know, made such an impact on my approach to business and I've shared it with so many people and I've been wanting to give credit on where I got that from. And I, <laughs> I just haven't, I, I don't remember who it was, but it was out of, it was out of, uh, you know, Hobbs, uh, Hobbs works. So yeah, my wife and I did a number of those courses and I, and I believe, you know, you must've been on stage for some of them because, because yeah, I remember well, the name was familiar somehow. Yeah. If it was that early on, Harv and I did the very first Brooklyn one together. I did the first day and a half before he even showed up yep. the first time we were in New York. Um, if you did mine steel heart of gold, I would have been there as one of the facilitators and trainers for that as well. Um, I've actually taught more warriors than anybody in the planet, including Harv. <laughs> and so, yeah, so yeah, there's a chance. That was, a, that was a crazy times. one too. I mean, ultra yeah. war. Yeah. I mean, uh, that was, that was phenomenal. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, I did a lot of, in fact, like I remember my wife stayed at Harv's place. Like he, he ran something where like if she did certain things. I remember she stayed in, in his place in like Arizona, like at, at one point in one of his promotions. So any case, um, that, that is funny. Okay. So, so, so you, you, you do all this training, 
uh, you know, for, for, for Harv and, and his stuff. And then what does that leave? Well, you know, um, things changed March 10th, 2020. I was actually flying back from doing uh, Mission of Millions or what you would have remembered as Life Directions. I had okay. just finished delivering that in India and hopped on a 16-hour flight from Mumbai to land in Toronto on my way home. And during the 16 hours in the, in the air, the world changed for us. I landed. They didn't let us off the tarmac for a while. When they finally brought the plane up to the gate, the two customs agents at the door checking passports as we came off. Um, I was allowed to do my connecting flight and put into instant isolation because the world had changed. And one of the things is I went into victim role for the first couple of weeks, but then I used two very powerful words when I realized what I was doing to myself, you know, because we were worried like all the live events are canceled, all this payments have been stopped, you know, hundreds of thousands in revenue gone because, you know, no live events. And the two words that my wife and I use all the time are what's next. And also when we said, what's next, it was like, well, we bought this gorgeous acreage we live on with the idea of eventually building our own training center. So I didn't have to travel as much. So why don't we build it now? Now, the problem is, as soon as we made that decision, all the what if scenarios, what if this lasts for years? (laughs) What if, what if, what if, what if? And so two other powerful words that we always use are all in. We knew that if we gave ourselves a plan B, well, we'll see and start, but if it doesn't work, we'll do this. We knew where our mind would go. Yeah. And it took a lot longer than it was supposed to and ended up being about a year and a half. But now I'm in a beautiful 2,400 square foot training center built off the back of my home. And today, the, you know, the deals I make are my a business partner and I, we actually create trainings for other people to sell. And what's cool about it is we develop them where for the first couple, we need to be the trainers to help yes. them see how to really put it on. So yes. we're creating the revenue for ourselves upfront, something that we used to do for free and hope that it would work. We now charge a lot of money to create a powerful course for someone, and then we get paid to deliver it. So we, that's the kind of deals we've created nowadays. I love it. I love it. And and you, so you mentioned, to, to talk a little bit to whatever extent you're comfortable. I mean, a bit, you have a business partner. That's a deal. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, so you would have done warrior and there's one very powerful process called predicament. If you remember, and this gentleman has been around the world with me for the last 15 years, being that person to teach that part. And when COVID hit, we just naturally, you know, connected on a deeper level and said, you know, what can we do to support our communities? And we just started supporting students. We weren't selling anything. We were just helping people get through the adjustments, putting on trains. We even actually got Harv onto a call where he said, okay, I can give you about half an hour. Three hours later, 400 students on the Zoom call <laughs> were laughing our asses off because Harv's just in the zone, loving just helping people. And, and you know, because it had been a few months of the lockdown by that point, and it just lifted people's um, spirits. So my friend and I, Aaron, and we just said, well, what can we do together? You know, we're helping people. Let's keep doing this. And over the last two years, it's just been amazing what we've created. From I love it. I love it. And listen, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, one, one of the great things is that you guys had history together, right? You knew each other, you know, you know, yeah. it's a, you know, it's a lot less risk in, in, in going into whatever I, and you don't have to talk about the details of any arrangement or whether it's a co-ownership of a company or you just do things jointly, but whatever the structure is, um, you know, there's a level of trust, right? You know, you've, you've been through oh, there a is. lot together. Yeah. And I'll tell you it's, but these last two years, we've gotten to know each other so much more because it's not just a weekend here or a week here. And what's really cool is because of our creation, we're now entering into a deal 
where it is what we're calling our generational wealth. This is our legacy deal. Yep. See, and we've helped so many people create millions and millions and millions of dollars. Now, we've done very, very well, well ourselves. Sure. But now we're in that creation mode. And because of who we are and the style of um, integrity and level of trust that we have in each other, we're actually putting together, get this, you know, we've been invited onto the board and advisory and actual board of directors for where we're creating a business app that teaches all business through gamification, actually mm -hmm. playing fantasy role play. And it's taking the real world into the fantasy, doing everything about business learning, and then being able to take it back in the real world. And we're getting ready to this week, actually launch it in Brazil, launch it in India. Our first week, we're looking to do minimum 50,000 downloads because it's a free app. And because of this, we're now looking at the end goal is one of the one of the big, hairy, audacious goals. And this, you know, as Jack Canfield would say, one of our big goals is we want to eventually win the Nobel Peace Prize for education because we've helped educate so many people around the world through a free game on how to really do business in a profitable way. I love it. I love, I mean, I love, you know, you talk about, I love the concept of big Harry, you know, big hag, big Harry, audacious goal, you know, it's great to play. And then also the commitment to impact and the legacy, you know, I think, uh, I think that's something that happens with a lot of us, you know, when you have some level, you know, of when you're in the game for a while and you have some level of success and whatever, and, you know, I, I don't I don't know many people who uh, who are grounded and have things together. You know, who don't get to the place where it's like, okay, you know, all right, it's enough about me. Where you know, where, where can I be of service? What difference can I make? You know, what's the legacy I'm going to leave? So it's great uh, to hear that you're doing that, and you know what you did during the pandemic, and then uh, yeah, this app sounds like uh, I mean, listen, people, you know, there's, it's a it's fascinating. I've seen some speakers on gamification, right, and the and the benefits of you know, of that mm -hmm. and how our minds work and how you learn from it. So it's, uh, you know, sounds uh, exciting. Yeah, it, it is. It's, it's really cool. And, you know, we've structured the deal to be part of it, to help it grow, adding a ton of value. And so we're always like, that's one of the reasons I was so looking forward to being on your podcast is because when you talk about, well, you've done stuff, Robert, but have you had made any deals? Yeah, one or two. <laughs> and, and you hit something else that was so important. I, for last, well, since I was 32, when we retired, I don't do anything for money anymore. Mm. I do it for what impact can I make and who can I help? And because of that, money becomes that beautiful side effect. Yep. And one of the rules, because I've trained thousands of trainers, one of the rules that I always tell them if they want to be mentored by me is I'll let them know, it, I'll mentor you. But the moment I sense that it's only about the money for you, I won't mentor you anymore yeah. because you're doing it for the wrong reason. And that's what so many people, they were like, but I need the money. I want the money. Coming from that space is different than I'm coming to be of service and I trust and know the money will come. It will come in where it's- hundred percent. And, and the more, you know, it's really a paradox and from, from one point of view, if you really understand this stuff, it's not a paradox, but, but from, from, <laughs> from, from a, you know, from sort of the, the usual way we, many of us are brought up, it's a paradox, right? Because it's like, oh, you know, the, the less I'm worried about money, the less I care about, the less I focus on money, the more I be of service, the more it shows up. Now, and it only and it only shows up if you're not doing it with that quid pro quo or that expectation in mind, right? Like, you know, you do it without an expectation. So that you know, it does feel, but but I think, you know, for me, when you understand what I think are universal laws of the universe, and you know, people like Harp, people like Bob Proctor, people like Jack Canfield, people like, I mean, I've done so, you know, um, so I was on a podcast the other day and somebody asked me my 
you know, my, my most impactful book. And, uh, you know, for me, it's, uh, uh, there are many, but there's a, one called The Science of Getting Rich by uh, Wallace Waddles that was like in 1908. And yep. a lot of, you know, the, the personal growth folks that we follow these days, that's a sort of a, a Bible for them. You know, uh, I've listened to that a hundred times and it's all about that same conversation. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's great. And it's, and listen, it's tough for people, especially when they're in a place of scarcity, right. And they feel like, you know, they don't have enough money, right. That's yeah. it, it's, it's, it's natural, at least in the culture we're brought up in to think well, that's, that's how we have to focus. And really, if you move to a place of generosity and service is where, you know, that's what makes the difference. Yeah. And the abundance moves in and, and I'll tell you, when you come from that, that abundance mindset, it is a different thing because people can smell when you're desperate. And even when we sold our first one of our stores, our, you know, after we cut our corporation and we had two stores and all of a sudden we were getting deep in debt, we felt we had to sell a store. Yeah. And because of that, I originally thought a person took advantage of us. Because he, you know, price decreases, delays and all this. We find, ended up finally financing the whole thing on our own, you know, and he was paying us monthly payments. And, and But when I took Warrior and realized you teach others how to treat you, my wife and I took ownership that we allowed him to treat us that way. Yep. And then from that one to a year later, selling our second and our final store, it was a totally different story. And not that the situation was different. We were different yes. in how we approached it and our confidence level. So that makes all the difference in the world. Listen, I, I think that's a great, I mean, we could talk forever. I think that's a great place that I love the. I love the way we tied in, you know, what you're doing now and the personal growth and the different stuff to how that impacted the deals you did that you talked about, you know, previously. And it's really, I mean, one of the things that we often talk about on this podcast, in addition to, you know, sometimes having investment bankers on and other people talk about mechanics and valuation, whatever. So we talk about the mindset of a deal maker, right? And that's not, you know, and for me, that always comes from a place of, you know, of growth and abundance and, and you know, and service and whatever, because that's where I come from. So it's not, you know, um, so, you know, I think it's, I think it's great. I mean, I think um, any of my listeners know, and if you're new to the podcast listeners, maybe, you know, you're hearing this for a time, but most people know, yeah, that I fundamentally believe that our, our world is created from within, right? You know, that, uh, mm -hmm. yes, we don't control all the external circumstances, but we have 100% control of our relationship to them. And we, you know, and 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 we can co-create, you know, if you believe in God or spirit or whatever, you know, it's, you know, you either say we're creators or co-creators, right? Along, you know, I mean, so there's some spiritual, uh, Eastern spiritual, I love the way they say it, it's, it's self-effort and grace, right? You know, mm -hmm. so you, ha you have both, if, you know, if you believe in that, but the point is that, um, that, you know, it, 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 it takes both, but you're not a victim of your circumstances. You know, we have the ability to create the lives and the worlds that we want. And I love, you know, Robert, that obviously you're talking about that and not only are you talking about it and training people in it, but you've also lived it and you have those real examples, you know, <laughs> yeah. on both sides of, you know, of that understanding, right. You know, which we all, you know, so I appreciate you sharing all that. Yeah, my absolute pleasure. And look, anytime you ever want me back, Corey, you just have to ask. And I'd love to share more with your audience. That's awesome. All right. So before we go, I'm just going to just give us, uh, I have a final question for you, but before I ask that, just uh, what's the best place for people to find out more about you and the programs you offer and, uh, yeah. you know, where should they go? Well, you know, I, I believe that time is our most precious commodity. And the fact that you've been gracious enough to take your time to interview me, and more importantly, your listeners taking their time, that as a gift from you and I to them, if they actually just go to robertriopel.com, just my name, R-O-B-E-R-T-R-I-O-P-E-L.com, they're actually going to be able to download the entire digital copy of my 
international bestseller success left a clue as our gift to them the full book now it does come with a caveat though i will say and the caveat is this i didn't write this book for someone to get put it on the shelf and make it shelf help that's <laughs> not why oh good you got my joke thank you i wrote it to help change lives and step number three of the six steps in this book for having a great life is you have to take action and i know people are creatures of habit so i actually wrote it as a workbook meaning that all the way through there's action steps and I'll even say, because I'm a quirky, I'm a goofball, I even say, hey, did you do the last action? If not, stop reading right now, go back, do the action, and then continue reading. Yes, yes. And I'm going to make a promise to your audience. If they download the book, read it, and do the action steps, their life will change. And because, Corey, I am in my give back phase of my life right now, they're also, when they download the book, they're actually going to be able to book a 20-minute one-on-one strategy session with me, Great. not with someone else with me and I don't do any selling on it. I just, they fill out a questionnaire so I know how to best serve them. And in that 20 minutes, I get laser focused on giving them strategies to overcome the obstacles that they might be facing. I love it, folks. Listen, de definitely take advantage of the free download of the book. And and listen, you know, 20 minutes with somebody like, uh, like Robert is, you know, I mean, who knows what gems can come for that? It could change your life, honestly. So definitely take advantage of that generous offer. If you're, you know, driving or whatever, don't worry about it. All the information is going to be in the show notes. You can definitely, you know, grab it from there. Drive safe. You know, Drive safe. You'll be able to get it. It's all good. Thank you for that offer, Rob. It's a really generous of you. Um, so my final question on the podcast is about my highest ideal in life, which is freedom. And for me, that means freedom from for all people in the world from oppression and, uh, you know, to why I'm an entrepreneur and I haven't had a boss in decades, um, you know. So uh, what does freedom mean to you and how does it impact your life and business? Yeah, you know, freedom to me is also what I believe is the greatest gift anybody can give this planet, which is the freedom to be themselves. If they don't like you for who you are, that's awesome. Because this is coming from a former people pleaser. I thought I had to please everybody. And I look back at the time, energy, stress, and money I spent trying to be other things for people to like me. Wow, what a weight was lifted off my shoulder when I chose to allow myself to have the freedom to just be me. And I'm even blown away today by the people who are attracted to my energy, not wanting me to change because they're like, yeah, there's something about you. I just love your energy and your style. And I love the way you said that. I think it's it's brilliant. And so many so many of us are afraid to do that, right? Because we yeah we want to be like we want to yeah we want to think we got to please everybody. And you know, there's so many examples of people. You know, the more somebody owns who they are, like the fact that people get to opt in or opt out, and they get to make a very clear choice because it's very clear who you are because you are who you are. That's actually the biggest gift because you know you don't waste time with the folks who you can't serve. And you actually attract the folks that you can serve because, they, you know, they know, you know, you put out a clear message to the universe and to people that this is who I am. So if you like this, come on, let's play. Yep. You know, yep. Love That's it. exactly it. Love it. Love it. Robert, thank you so much for being an amazing guest on the Deal Quest podcast. Oh, my pleasure. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Deal Quest, where we help you understand how deal driven growth can be your ticket to freedom. I want to invite you to a unique way to tap into the wisdom and experience of the DealQuest community. Join the DealQuest Deal Den Zoom calls, a free monthly 90-minute mastermind. In the mastermind, we address all the challenges you may be facing and help support you with the opportunities that may arise in terms of deal-driven growth. You will get input not only from me, but all the members on the call will collaborate and serve each other in a mastermind format. 
To sign up for the free mastermind, go to www.coreycupfer.com slash dealden. That's coreycupfer.com slash dealden. I'll see you there. I'm Corey Kupfer. Until next week, wishing you the freedom and financial prosperity that I know your deal quest will bring.